welcome back to What's Your Real Job podcast. I'm Abby Stone. And I'm your co-host, Stephanie Sawaya. And this episode, we are talking to my cousins, Simon and Daniel Dow from Noble HQ, which started off as an intimate gym that has now expanded to include apparel. We talk about finding lessons in failure and bringing who you are into your business. We hope you like it. What's up, guys? How are we, ladies? Thanks for Thanks for being on. Um, I'm going to jump straight into it. So Abby and I have been discussing you guys and we've been discussing obviously the gym and the apparel range and we wanted to jump straight in with a question of Mm -hmm. would you guys consider yourselves creatives? (laughs) It's a good question. I don't know. Would you? Somewhat. Yeah, I guess so. Like if we're coming up with different concepts of clothing, um, different designs and whatnot, different colours, different styles, guess you could say it's creative, but not to say we have an actual background in anything like that. We haven't been to any, like we haven't been to university. We haven't got any actual qualifications in that aspect. So we're not trying to take away anything from anyone in that respect. So what we do is more just ideas that we've come up with, I guess, in our head. and just What, putting what we feel is comfortable for us. Yeah, what we, what like. we feel, what we like. We see everyday people sort of like similar things and which, you know, thank God and touch wood and whatever else and, Buddha, whatever everyone believes in, um, <laughs> that, you know, people are, are, are attracted to it in somewhat way. like And they actually like it. Yeah, so. and, and, and yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's a great feeling going to the post office. I've never loved going to the post office <laughs> in my life, but now I do. So, yeah. It's the best. I think you guys have done a really good job of creating pieces that um, – people do love I mean like I love everything that you guys do and <laughs> Thank you. Um, I'm such an advocate for what you guys do because I think it's cool that you've joined the gym stuff with an apparel line and I think that segues into my next question of why you did that so with the clothing more so I just I was looking at making clothes in general and I just I'm not one for gym clothing in general like I don't really care for the leggings and all that type of stuff um and it was just saying it wasn't, I didn't have much interest in making. So I was getting samples done, but my heart wasn't there. I just didn't really give two shits for it. And then I just had an idea to make a baseball jersey. And then it just sort of went from there. I was like, this is something I can wear out. I don't want it just to be worn in the gym. And then once one person liked it, I was like, well, let's see if the next person will like it. And then it just pretty much rolled from there. And then, yeah, just try to bring all the ideas to life. And that's pretty much how it all happened. Yeah, cool. Would you say that then in that case, it was kind of a natural progression for you guys to go from, I mean, you know, the two industries that you're involved in, while they are interrelated, they're not so explicitly interrelated. Like, I don't imagine that there would be many gym owners that that have their own in-house apparel lines. I think it's a really unique and fresh idea. So would you guys say that that was something that was a natural progression for you? Yes and no. Like, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I, I, yeah it's... It was just something that we wanted to do. It was yeah. like just having the confidence, just ha- like it was more people actually wanting to buy our stuff was what made us make more clothing, if that made sense. Like if nobody wanted the baseball jerseys, we probably would have just stopped it right then and there. But the fact that people actually liked what we made, it was like, well, if that's the case, let's see what we can do from Let, there. I'll, I'll give you a prime example. Um, I work at a nightclub once a week and I work at the security as a door. I sold more clothes there standing on the door than anywhere I've done before. Wow. It just shows you that a club full of random people see your stuff mm. like, you know, I used to wear it to promote it in somewhat way and people loved it that way and they're like, where can we get that? And well, funny enough, if you come to the boot of my car, <laughs> I have 
Oh. <laughs> so, you know what Sunday I mean? Market. Yeah, well, yes. Eddie Maguire started like that. The guy from, all, you know, all those guys started. you got to start somewhere, right? And and it's just like like you, Daniel was saying, that it's just, you know, and you guys were saying, it's, you know, the, the, the ball was rolling and, and now we're just rolling with it and hoping, you know, we, we keep the continuing and, and, and getting more and more support from the community and try to go worldwide. That's, That's so the cool. You guys obviously have very have a very like entrepreneurial way of thinking. And it it does like to answer my own question, I guess, it does sound like it was a natural progression for you guys to expand on one single idea and grow from there. So just hearing like obviously I don't know you guys that well, but just hearing the way you're speaking about your concept and your business idea, it sounds mm-hmm. like it's just gonna keep building for you guys simply because of your well, mindset. We hope so. We hope. Yeah, we hope, yeah. Definitely. And I'm curious to know, based on yeah, how an entrepreneur entrepreneurial you do come across would you say that you've always been like that like when you were young in high school is that sort of how you saw things progressing for yourselves uh look being Lebanese and going to a little Aussie school <laughs> it's sort of you sort of had to make like I used to sell cans of coke at school I used to go to seven uh, at the Safeway and buy the slab and sell them for a dollar until we got into trouble because the <laughs> No money. Yeah. So if, if you call that entrepreneurial, yeah, yeah we, we, we've had it from a young age. We've just, I guess we, we like to just mix and match things and try to do everything. So yes and no in a way, but some say it is entrepreneurial, but some say, you know, it's just whatever. I just think it's work. It's you yeah. got to do what you got to do. You gotta, yeah. you know? And I know it sounds cliche or whatever people want to call it, but when you, as bad as it sounds, when you sort of come from nothing, you have to sort of do what you need to do to get to where you want to be, if that makes sense. So I wouldn't even think it's entrepreneurial. I just think it's having the confidence to back yourself and just do what you want to do, really. Just grind it out with what we do, like anything we did. You know, we had adversities our whole life. We still do constantly. Well, yeah, but not not now that, you know, know, when you're growing up as a Lebanese kid inside an Australian community, it was a lot different for us. Like, you used to bring your wog food to school and they'd be like, what the hell is that? It's like, hey... It's great. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah. You know, Laban, what do you mean? Don't you exactly. have to? It's bully and, and yeah. what else do you want in life? And also right? growing up, like, really overweight, we used to get picked on a lot. So I think mainly for me, doing what we do now was after I'd lost my weight, having the actual confidence to do anything and be like, yeah, that's what we've done. Like, we've created this, not done it like someone else has done it. That's what we have done. So that's the way I look at it. More from a, It's more of a confidence sort of thing for me than anything else. Um, based on that end of your sentence, I wanted to ask why originally did you start Noble? Oh God, that's, mate, I'm not going to, I'll try to condense it as much as I can, but after Michael passed, I've always wanted to get into shape because that was something he always wanted. So from there, after losing weight, got into the fitness industry. It's a, it is a terrible industry to be in. It is very hard. It is very cutthroat as you ladies will know in your industries as well, it's very hard. Um, went in and out, long story short, got involved with a friend of mine as a business partner, didn't go to plan, had a falling out, and then Simon stepped in, saved the day, and we literally just took over the gym from there, and that's just how it came about. So it's uh, it's not a, it's not something we actually planned, if that makes sense. Like there was no money yeah, in the bank no. account. Like oh, there was no business no. plan, there was no structure. There was, oh, man. There was, if you don't take this place now, you're going to have to shut down and give up everything. Yeah. There was no no plan to it. Like I can't. I mean, there was. We were just like, hey, throw it up, and whatever falls down, we catch it, and we're gonna run with it. And like that's literally what happened. And, I, and like I started when Daniel started Muay Thai and boxing, and Daniel had a had a couple of fights, and then 
I had a couple of fights in the ring and, you know, it was, was, was all good fun. And then realising that, you know, maybe we, we could do this. And I was training people while I was getting ready for my fights. I thought, you know, I'm, I'm, an, I'm sort of like a natural at this and, and I enjoyed a bit. And, like, um, I, was work, I was bouncing out of, like, doing security and doing that at, on the side. And I was bouncing out of gyms here and there and just, like, you know, no one set place. And then Daniel came home one day and goes, bro, we're looking at expanding. What do you think you want to jump on board? I should have said no straight away, but I, uh, I, I said yes. And, it, you know, it's been a roller coaster ride. Like, and, and look, Daniel and I, we, we're the first to admit, it's not, it's not easy. Like, I live with my brother. I work with my brother. So do we have adversities with each other? Hell yeah. Do we clash a lot? Hell yeah. But do we come at the end of the day trying to make better for ourselves and better for the company that we do run together? Hell yeah. And will we keep clashing? Fucking A. And I hope we do. <laughs> You know what? You know what happens when you clash? It just drives you. Yeah. Like people don't use that spite to nah, man. You use that because for me, when he says something like, fuck, pick up your game, it's like, no, no, you fucking pick up your game. He'll go pick it up. And then I'm like, oh fuck, he pick up his game. Shit. All right, time to pick up my game. So I use that like a little bit of, you know, little as spite don't hurt nobody, I I feel. And yeah, he is my brother. Like, and it it, it is hard to work with family because you know, you're always with each other, but at the same time, it's also so easy. We might have an argument five minutes, two minutes later, it's like, oi, what are you doing? You want to do something? <laughs> what do you think of this? It's like people look at it as like we, we attack each other, we say words, but we look at it as like, I don't know, it's nothing to us. We can just dust it off real quick. It, they're not meaningful words. It sounds very much like you guys motivate one another, and I guess one of the things that I've learned over the last few years is that it's not motivation equals action. It's action equals motivation. And yeah. yeah, And something that I'm interested in what you guys said before is the fact that you don't, you didn't really start off with a a business plan and you were just kind of throwing shit to the wall, seeing what stuck. I'm interested (laughs) to know. That's how how some of the biggest, you know, companies and organizations in the world started. So I commend you guys for that, but I'd love to know over the years, you know, of running a business because of that, that you might not have had that formal, like, business knowledge or whatever what are some of the the biggest lessons that you've taken from that trust no one yeah trust no (laughs) one yeah it it sounds harsh but we still we still learn that to this day it's having like it's hard to say like who you can and can't trust because people are selfish like everything you read about like it's the people that are close to you that will fuck you over that is literally what will happen to you in business like when there's money in the way People will do whatever they can to step over you, steal from you, whatever the case might be. We've had that with ex-business partners, ex-trainers, whatever it is, we've been there, we've done it. Whatever you can think of, it's happened to us. We've had stuff stolen from us, money stolen, people bad-mouthing us behind our backs. Whatever you can think of has happened. So I think the biggest lesson learned is... Shut your mouth, keep it quiet. And just fucking And when work. it's ready to launch it, you launch it and fuck everyone else. Honestly, just work. Keep like, your head down and work. Dead set because... We, we've come out with some ideas and we've and we've made the mistake of saying it in front of the wrong people. And next thing you know, somehow, somewhat way, those people have come out with the exact same thing that we did. We're like, whoa, hold on one second. But, yeah, you know I mean? another thing as well is like, no business. Understand how it works. Because, like I said, yeah. when we took over the gym, there yeah. was the last bit of money I had was what paid for us to get that first month of rent up front. After that, we just had to figure it out. So... 
understanding your business, getting people that have experience with business, asking them, picking their brain, and then having a plan. Like, yeah. if I could do it again, I would with a plan, though. Also, don't, and I, I can't stress this enough, don't, do any, don't, don't get advice off anyone for free. Yeah. Because that will always come back to bite you in the ass. Well, it won't be good advice. It, it, it might be good advice or it might not be, but I'm telling you this now, that anyone that gives you free advice, there's something in the end for them to see. And for me, it's if you pay someone for their advice, at the end of the day, they've got nothing to fall back on. They can't be like, oh, I did this for them and I did that for them. It's like, yeah, but you also took a handout and you took the cash or you took the transfer or whatever it was. So at the end of the day, they got nothing to say. That's one thing I learned. Actually, one more thing I would say is I learned this lesson pretty hard. Don't think you can do everything on your own. So don't think that, like, from for me, example, I thought I could run the gym, I could run all the classes, run all the PTs, take care of the memberships, do the marketing, do the social media, do all these things at one time. And it got to the point where I just got so burnt out. I didn't even want to be there at one stage. I just couldn't be fucked doing it. I was hammered. So, yeah, like, you have to, the people that you have working with you or you have helping you, you have to be able to trust them and trust in what they do and don't think that you're a one-man show and you can take take on everything. Yeah. yeah, I think that's really strong advice. I think it's really cool that you can differentiate, like, your work-life balance as well because it is hard, especially us as creatives. Yeah. We've spoken about that a lot and we've kind of spoken about the fact that, like, running your own business or being a creative, being a freelance, you don't have a normal nine-to-five job. It's kind of yeah. like you take it home with you, you're thinking about it at home. Constantly. When, you know, you should be kind of, like, taking a break and relaxing. The weekends aren't really weekends. Like, that's kind of when you're <laughs> working your most and your hardest. So it's good yeah. that you can um, make a balance because it is really hard to find that balance because especially I think, like, a creative mind is always running and sometimes yeah. you need to, like, switch it off and know, like, that's enough, I need to give myself a break. Well, Prime example is Elon Musk. He says he wishes no one to be inside what kind of brain he has. He can't switch off no matter what he does. Like, he's consistently going like that, like that. And he sometimes says it's a negative because he's always thinking about the next thing or while he's doing stuff. What's the next thing? What can I do? What can I do? What can I do? It's like you, you can't be running that race at a million miles per hour the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, I think that really touches on the anxieties that come with being a person that is creative or a business person or just a sole trader in general. And for what you guys mm-hmm. do, it's it's a it's kind of both. So I can imagine that you're constantly not only thinking about how to better your business practices and, and <coughs> expand in that way, but you've also got the other side of that, which is, you know, what's something creative and fresh and new that you can add to your apparel line. So It'd be it'd be cool if you guys could maybe touch on what your relationship with like your mental health is like, and if if um, hmm. being in the positions that you're in has affected that in any way. Oh, 100 percent, 110 percent. Like yeah. I said, it's it, at the start. I thought I was a one man show. I could do everything at once and whatever. But it's hard to try to be that person when you go to the gym to be that bubbly guy, energetic, make sure everyone's motivated and they want to train. And then once they leave, when it's your turn to train you have nothing left in you. And it just like, yeah. I've had moments where I just, like I said, I didn't want to be in the gym. I didn't want to do anything with the clothing. I don't want to speak to anyone. You could say it was, I guess, borderline depression. I get anxiety from it, you know, constantly sweating, nervous, shaking, all that stuff. Um, it definitely has a massive impact on you uh, trying to run the business. And like you said, you don't switch off. So it's constantly 24 seven. So 
I think mental health plays an important role and trying to figure out how to have that balance, like you said before, Steph. And that was something that we actually introduced into the gym. Like last year, we were running things for men's mental health as well. We're running barbecues and get togethers at the gym, which it, it was really cool, but it started to get a little bit worrying when we had people rocking up that had severe, like proper issues that we weren't qualified to deal with. So it's like, what was it? I can't remember what that guy well, had. It was clinical depression. So he's diagnosed with it. So and people just... were rocking up with their like psychologists with them and stuff like that. Then I'm like, oh, this is getting a little bit worrying. Like, we, I don't know yeah. if I can continue running this. We, we were trying to do a more of a men's group where it was Just okay. for the boys to kick it. Just, it was okay to say, yeah, look, I'm suffering a little bit. And, and you know, you know, there are ways around it. And maybe someone could guide them to the right. That's what we were, just making a safe spot. Yeah. The main message we try to get across to the boys in the gym, because a lot of them coming and, they act like nothing's wrong, but you can tell there's something wrong. So the main thing we were just trying to get was we're all mates here. We can come and kick it on a, on the weekend, whatever it is, have a couple of drinks, have a barbecue and just talk. It didn't have to be anything professional or whatever. We just wanted the boys to come in and feel comfortable to open up to us and know that this is a safe space for them to come and train or just talk about what they're going through. So Daniel and I like, are a little bit different in that aspect. Me being the younger brother of five years. Get out here. <laughs> <laughs> um, He's older. He's older. I, I am not older. I'm more beautiful and everything else. Um, I I handle it a bit differently. I I sort of have. He carries a lot more of what, in somewhat way. I'm more of a couldn't give a real fuck about what you say or do because, at the end of the day, I don't care because that's you don't run my life. Life's not going to end because one person was upset with the words that I said or the action that I made. Where Daniel is a bit more. You know, oh, I don't want to. I don't want to. Like behind closed doors, Daniel is a, a, a you know a good kid, and strong, and all that. But in the public, sometimes he's very mindful of what to to say and do. Where me, on the other hand, it's I don't let anything really stress me out too much because if something's out of my control, I can't do anything about it. Like if it's raining, it's like I can't just go over to my water tap and just turn it off and go. Hey, it's there's not much I can do. So certain things will stress me out. But th- certain things won't because it's like it's out of my control. And Daniel's slowly starting to learn that in life that he did suffer from a lot of that where he goes, oh, like, you know, anxiety of this and stressing about this. It's like, hold on, brother, just think about it. Can you do this right now? Can you do it in, t- you know, two months? No, you can't. It's not, it's not achievable. So don't stress about it too, too much. Let it come. Let it run its natural course. And then he started realising that. But... You know, a few things like the apparel, he does stress out a shitload. Reason being, it's like, fun though. It it's fun. fun. <laughs> like, like, don't get me wrong, again, like, because we're touching on the mental health side. Me, I, I love everything that he does, but he hates he hates it when I say I love everything he does because he's like, no, 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 no. I, I gotta move. No, no, I gotta change this. No, I gotta, it's like, brother, you've told me 13 different ways, but it ends up almost the same. He's like, no, I gotta move it like half a centimeter this way. And, 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 you know, He's very particular in like that, and which is a great drive for it. But at the same time, fuck, it's annoying. <laughs> it's annoying. But I guess that's what makes us the yin and the yang, right? So, and and, and that's and the best, that's the best way I explain it, how my brother and I's relationship is. No matter how hard he fall, I'll always be that safety net, and vice versa. So he can fall from you know the the Eureka Tower. I'll be the other one, like, all right, here we go. All right, we, we all right, catch. You know what I mean? For him, on the other hand, he, he doesn't lift that much weight because I'm, I'm a big boy and uh, he won't be able to catch me. But what I'm trying to say is, again, the yin and the yang, we we complement each other in so many ways and, you know, we pick up where we can and where we can't, you know, and we're still learning a lot about each other even though we live with each other and 
again, like I said, I'm five years younger, so I'm still laying <laughs> off my old. So. You're such a dog. <laughs> Um, I think you guys do really balance each other out. And I think that's the, um, it's the building blocks to a good partnership as well. So I think it's, yeah. it's nice to be able to know that you can work with family. It's not always a bad thing. No. Um, and touching on before what you guys said about how you were a bit worried about what the men's mental health was turning into. I think that as scary as it might have been, I think that it's just props to you guys that you've created such a approachable space for people. They feel so comfortable yeah. that they can feel like they can come in, talk about some pretty deep things that, you know, not a lot of men talk about. So I think it's props to you guys that you've created that space. And walking into your gym, I know my friends have said it. I don't know if I feel it just because you guys are my family, but you really have created a family space. Like, and I think that you touch on that so much and even I see posts from your members how much they touch on that it's a it's a big family and it's really cool and I wanted to know how you kind of I don't know if this is a silly question because I think it's just you guys. I think it's just you guys and the way that you are approachable and you are you got you guys are so loud and loving and <laughs> and I think you've created a big family space and I wanted to ask why you created it like that and how you created it like that. Definitely. I, I think for me, again, it all comes back to a confidence thing. So when I was overweight and I wanted to lose weight, I would never step foot in the gym. There was no chance in hell I'd go to the gym. The only way I did was after I lost my first 20 kilos, then I started going to the kickboxing gym and then I pushed myself again to lose more weight. So even over the years, you know, going, lifting weights, putting on muscle, getting fit, I would see people at the gym feeling uncomfortable because there'd be some big guy there or some other good looking girl, whatever it is, they always make fun of that other person who's trying to like work their ass off. So for myself, I always thought if I was to ever open up my own spot, I want it to be a place where every single person is welcome. I don't give a fuck what they look like, the color of their skin, whatever they, whoever they pray to, whatever it is, I don't care who it is. As long as everyone has respect for everyone, they are more than welcome in the gym. So for me, that was probably the main reason or I feel why we have that sort of family vibe in the gym is because we want everyone to feel welcome. And then I still get a little bit of people that come in there like, you don't know what it's like to be overweight. And I have to sit there and explain to them, I have lost 40 kilos. I know exactly what it feels like. I know what it feels like to go to the gym and get intimidated by the big guy or the person over there, whatever it is. So that was what I felt we needed to make like different in the gym so we could have these people welcome in our gym. What do you think? Yeah. What, do, what do I think of, of how we made it a family yeah. environment? It's because who we are. Simple as that. Yeah. We, you, we could we could turn the biggest, baddest, ugliest prick in the world. I guarantee you, I'll make him love our place too. <laughs> it's because who Daniel and I are. Yeah. We treat you. We don't treat you as if you're a customer, a member, a number. We treat you by your name. And even if we don't know your name, we give you a nickname straight away, pretty much. It's also it's genuine though. Like you know, like you said, cause like you you hear us. We are loud in the gym, but it's genuine. It's not loud for no reason. Yeah. And you'll know the difference if we're having a fucking shit day or a long day and we are fucking cool, you'll know because we won't be as loud as what we normally are. So you know that's us being genuine. And when we are G'd up and we're excited about things, you'll notice we'll crank the tunes, we'll be jumping 100%. around, we'll be dancing on the on the benches, 100%. like whatever it is. And that's not put on at all. Like all the members can vouch for us. If we're having a bad day, you'll know about it. Not in a, a bad way. We just won't be as ourselves as we are. We won't be as energetic. Again, at the end of the day, we're humans. We're not robots. Trainers and owners, You, I'm, I, and I don't care what any trainer says or any motivational speaker, you've got to give it all. You've got to show them all the time. You know what, motherfucker? I'll uppercut you. Shut your mouth. Because at the end of the day, 
It is hard work. And sometimes, you know what, when you start at 7 a.m., 8 a.m., 9 a.m., and you're right through to 9 p.m., 10 p.m., doing what we do, um, you you do tend to you do tend to lose your your, your motivation, your hype, your you're human. You do get tired. You do get hungry. You do get thirsty. I, I do have my own feelings too. What I'm not allowed to like. Exactly. So people need to understand that too. Like I'm, I, you know, I'll do my best to give all my clients and all my members my hype as much as I can. But there are days and I, like Daniel and I have clashed on it. Daniel's like, you need to be more g'd up for your class. Hey man, sorry, I've just done eight hours of people kicking me in the ribs and my legs. I'm kind of sort of tired, but I'm taking the class with as much energy as I can, much gusto as I can. I'm sorry. And then I'll just tell my class, hey, shut up. It is what it is. Now bring me something to eat. As simple as that. You know, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's just because, again, we make it fun. We make it bubbly. And the fact that we don't have mirrors in our gym, I think, is a, is a big factor too. We don't, we don't believe in the mirror aspect of the, of the gym where you sit there and you be so harsh on yourself. That self-confidence game of look at me in the mirror, I'm I'm not doing this, or I don't look like this. It's you need to to feel better about training and whatnot. You actually need to feel good on the inside first. The mirror is just an image of an outside thing that it is just it, again, it's a mirror image. It's a fake image that you live by. Inside is where you need to start. You need to build from the inside to the out. As soon as you can conquer the inside, the outside will look as beautiful as the inside you've ever wanted it to look like. Oh, it's beautiful. I'm going to quote you on that. Yeah. <laughs> Darling, have you looked at me? I look in the mirror every day and I'm fucking beautiful as fuck. Don't worry about that. I know exactly what you guys mean about, like, you know, you, you've been in that position where you go into a gym and you feel intimidated. And, and truthfully, mm-hmm. like, years ago, I had a, a membership that I used maybe, like, one week in the whole year because I walked in and I instantly felt uncomfortable and just really, like, ugh. So... The fact that yeah. you guys have have managed to create a space that that eliminates that feeling is so empowering. And as soon as all this restriction bullshit goes back to normal, I'm coming to your gym. I don't know how to. Just <laughs> you know, and you me. have to come and try one of our coffees. Yeah, Done. you have to try the famous coffees. Yeah, Done. you have to. You can't. Yeah, he will get angry. <laughs> <laughs> that's his baby. Like legit, that's his baby. I like love if, that thing. if there's one thing he's proud of, and, I, and I'll tell you now, the gym. Not the apparel, not the members, <laughs> not himself losing all the way and grab. It's that motherfucking coffee. coffee machine. <laughs> so that is, I'm telling you now, it will be the day that Daniel has a kid, it'll be deciding whether he'd be proud of the baby or his little machine. I'm not joking. This thing he swears by, he'll defend it like it's the army post at the London, you know, in London at the at the house, you know what I mean? So he's just, nah, it's good. It's good fun. It's good. So we're going to wrap this up, I think, with one last question, unless, Abby, you have anything else to add. No. Um, I wanted to ask, what does success look like to you guys? And is it different for both the gym and the apparel? That's a very good question, Cuz. What does success look look like? It's not money. It's happiness. 100%. That's what it is. Money doesn't get you nothing. At the end of the day, you were born with no money. You're going to die with no money. We're all going to the same place. At the end of the day, as long as we're happy and people are positive with what we put out and they're not, and we're, and we're not doing no harm to nobody. And, you know, and it, it brings a community together. That's what success looks like. Success, success is not a matter of how big your bank account is, what car you drive, what kind of fancy clothes you wear. 
Because at the end of the day, a $200 top is the same as a $20 top. It's the person on the inside. That's success. That's what I feel anyway. Yeah, I agree. I think so. I think as well, like, that happiness, what will bring that happiness as well is, like Simon said, seeing us getting support from the community, us supporting the community, having people coming to the gym once we go back to normal life, (laughs) us getting support in the gym with the apparel, all that stuff. That's, to me, that's what success is. Again, it's not the money. It's seeing people coming in, being happy, feeling welcome, feeling welcome in the gym, people wearing our clothing with pride and loving it and actually wearing it because they want to wear it, not because they just wanted to support us for no reason, but they actually want it. They enjoy wearing it. That's what makes me happy. That's what makes us happy. So I feel that's the biggest part of success. And that's just for anyone in general. I think yeah, man. general rule of thumb of life is people compare too much to the other people and like, we live in a pretentious time at the moment. Yeah, everyone, man, we like, compare, we, everyone compares themselves to too much Instagram. It's, and It's too much. And like, oh, you live a high life. Yeah, but you know what? What's behind that high life? Exactly. What are you doing after that? So are I you, think, yeah. You know, are you I think, crying? Are you doing... So, we're, yeah. We're too caught up with other people and what they're doing and their yeah. happiness. So, and I think that takes away everyone else's happiness. So to always realise the grass isn't green on the other side. So to be happy, it just starts with yourself, really. You have to be mentally strong within yourself and be happy with what you do and what you're doing and just focus on that. That's all that matters at the end of the day. Exactly right. If you make it happen, you're happy with it. It doesn't matter if we, if for example, if we put out a thousand jumpers, not one sold, if he was happy with it and I was happy with it, that's success for us. Exactly. That's cool. Well, thank you guys so much for chatting with us today. I cannot believe that this has been 40 minutes already. I feel like that. Conversation. <laughs> Thanks I feel for having so, us. Thank yeah, you. I feel really, um, I don't, I don't want to say empowered because that's so cheesy, but just talking to you guys, <laughs> there's, so, there's so much like respect that I have for people like you that, that do turn their adversities and their failures into lessons to just grow further. So I think it's really, really cool what you guys have done. Very, We're both very grateful to have you on the conversation. The, thank you for uh, having Thank us. you very much for having us. Yeah. Well, I'll be gonna... expecting a cake and some stuff in the mail, guys. Soon, you so. got it. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna wrap up this interview today. Um, for our listeners, as usual, all of the relevant information for today's podcast will be in our show notes, along with our email address. So if you guys have any questions, comments, or inquiries, you can email us. Um, but thank you guys so much once again. Next week we're gonna be back with another amazing guest. So make sure you tune in. Thank you guys for listening, and thank you guys for the conversation it's been a really nice way to spend my day today so thank you so much thank you ladies guys thanks ladies Bye. bye